0: Good morning, from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, January twenty-fifth, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, a big day in U.S. earnings. Intel falls victim to weakening demand for iPhones, while Starbucks is doubling down with new coffee shops opening in China. And in Davos, George Soros gives us a searing speech attacking Chinese President Xi Jinping. Plus, the FT's Chris Giles takes us along on his ride with a truck driver through the Euro to see exactly how Brexit might affect trade. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. Intel was one of several big US companies to report earnings late yesterday. And it looks like the chipmaker has become another casualty of weakening demand for Apple's iPhone. Intel reported a shortfall in fourth quarter revenue compared with forecasts. Revenue for the period grew by 9% to $18.7 billion but that fell short of the $19 billion forecast. Intel also laid out weaker financial projections than most analysts were expecting for the current quarter. The company blamed the disappointing numbers on a few things, including the economic slowdown in China, a pause in demand from cloud customers as they used existing spare capacity, and a weaker demand for its modems, which are used in the iPhone. Shares in the chipmaker fell nearly 7% in aftermarket trading. And the head of Starbucks overseas business, John Culver, said the coffee shop chain retains a firm belief in China. Mr. Culver told the FT the company stands by its plans to open nearly 600 coffee shops in China over the next year. That's despite data this week that showed China's economy was growing at its slowest pace in almost three decades. Starbucks' China commitment came as it reported earnings for the last quarter of 2018. Sales at cafes in China opened 13 months or longer, ticked up only 1%. That's less than the China sales growth of 6% from the same period a year ago. But the addition of 560 new cafes helped total revenues from the country almost double to $625 million. Overall revenues were up 9.2% from a year ago to $6.63 billion. In the U.S. and Americas, Starbucks home market, revenues rose 8% to $4.2 billion. Shares in Starbucks rose as much as 4% in after-hours trading. On Thursday night, billionaire philanthropist George Soros gave a speech in Davos. It was captured on Periscope by Bloomberg.
1: I'll focus on China, where Xi Jinping wants a one-party state to reign supreme.
0: Mr. Soros said China was not the only authoritarian regime in the world, but it is the wealthiest, strongest, and most technologically advanced.
1: This makes Xi Jinping the most dangerous opponent of those who believe in the concept of open society.
0: Mr. Soros also spoke against China's social credit system. It's a system that consolidates individuals' personal data in a central repository, and it's designed to judge a person's trustworthiness.
1: It will subordinate the fate of the individual to the interests of the one-party state in ways unprecedented in history.
0: Mr. Soros often uses his World Economic Forum appearances to warn of dangers to the rules-based democratic world order. Last year, he attacked Google and Facebook as a menace to society. This year, he said his aim was to call attention to the Chinese threat. Mr. Soros also called for an American response to China's Belt and Road Initiative, which he said was designed to promote the interests of Beijing rather than recipient countries. And here's a closer look at a story we're following. The FT's economics editor, Chris Giles, called in from the World Economic Forum in Switzerland. How's it going over there?
1: Well, it's all right. Everyone's uh, rounding on your, your government.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure because there's nobody there to represent them. Right?
1: There's no one there, so they can all have a good old moan about the Trump administration.
0: <laughs> Chris has been reporting on how Brexit might affect trade between Europe and the UK. He recently took a trip from France to the UK to find out exactly how frictionless trade works now before Brexit.
1: There's been a huge dispute about what new border controls will look like after Brexit, with one side saying there'll be queues that will gridlock the whole of the UK within days and the whole country will come to an end, especially if we leave without any sort of deal. And the Brexit side saying this is all project fair, this is all nonsense. The dispute is so vehement and so polarised, I thought really what we need to do is actually get out of the theory books and go and see how it works now before we've left the EU. So that was the question I was trying to answer, and I thought the only way of doing this is actually to go to the busiest crossing between Britain and the EU, which is the Channel Tunnel, And go on a lorry, because that's how most trade and goods flow in between Britain and the EU. And in the end, I found a company called Alkaline, which really operates on the UK to Italy route. Once they had all that arranged, we just had to get me out to a place in France where I could pick up the truck and then go with them.
0: So tell me about the person you drove with.
1: Well, there's a, there's a guy called Wayne Widdicombe. He's the same, exactly the same age as me, so it's interesting, 49. And he's been driving on European routes for various companies for the last 15 years. It takes essentially a day and a half to get from their depot, which is very close to the Channel Tunnel in the southeast corner of Britain in Folkestone, to Turin, which is where they also have another depot. And it's a pretty brutal schedule. We started at 10 to 5 in the morning and we set off to try and get to the uk as quickly as possible he's only allowed nine hours driving time a day under european regulations uh, and he's constantly watching the clock for your regulations so if, you, if things if you get traffic then you can be in all sorts of trouble about not being able to get across because you won't make it because you've only got nine hours driving time per day
0: and so you mentioned that One part of this journey that's going to be particularly affected by Brexit is the Euro Tunnel, which is this tunnel between the UK and France. And what was crossing that tunnel like?
1: About 4,000 or so trucks a year, 1.6 million trucks a year go through this tunnel. So it's incredibly busy and you rock up there. One one of the things that's been very important in the Brexit negotiations has been this phrase frictionless trade, but it really certainly when we went through, wasn't frictionless at all. It took us three hours to go through from arriving at the entrance in Calais before getting out in Folkestone. And and the actual time on the train is about 40 minutes, so most of that time is in a queue of some sort. There are checks um, at the moment, but nothing to do with customs, nothing to do with the goods. We didn't even show the one piece of documentation Uh, We had describing the goods in the truck. The checks at the moment are all about whether you've got stowaways, whether you've got asylum seekers on board.
0: So it took you nearly three hours to go about 50 kilometers through this tunnel. And that is with so-called frictionless trade. So how might Brexit affect this part of the journey?
1: Well, if it became this case that the additional frictions particularly customs declarations and just getting the, all the paperwork in place which would be needed for essentially for tax purposes that's that's what customs declarations are about if that took a long time and then you had situations where drivers were right up against it they couldn't get across without using up their hours allowance of driving it would completely mess up the just in time process because these these parts were going to Jaguar Land Rover factory the next day to get put into cars. And the moment you start getting disruptions in big supply chains, you'll find that a lot of sort of complicated manufacturing industries will find it very hard to operate, certainly on the basis that they're operating today. And you presumably get a splitting of supply chains where things happen in Britain and things happen in the European continent. And, and actually more of that will leave Britain to go to, go to the European continent. So that's, that's the concern if you can't get the borders to work efficiently after Brexit.
0: You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back on Monday for all the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon, Amy Keene, and me, Eric Krupke, with help from Jennifer Siegel. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik. Robert Shrimsley is the editorial director for The Financial Times.